Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's go ahead and talk to a man who covers the king every day. Uh, You know him from ESPN uh, LA. You know him from ESPN TV. He's a gentleman and a scholar. George Sedano on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. George, welcome. Flattery will get you everywhere. Thanks for having me on. That's actually the only reason I'm still in radio is I just kiss everybody's ass. <laughs> What's up, Sedano? Hey, man, listen, whatever you got to do to stay in, that's my key. <laughs> stay in the seat as long as you can. Sedano, what's going yeah. on, buddy? How's the the uh, tequila? Good, How are you? How's the tequila? Oh, so good. See, I introduced you to, to real good tequila. I'm hoping you have... Uh, uh, decided to kind of expand your palate even further. You need to send me some more like suggestions because I I know nothing about tequila. So George and I had dinner down in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. We were working together, and George orders this tequila on the rocks, and I'm like, well, went in Rome, you know, went in went in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and it was it was delicious. What uh, what what brand are we talking there, buddy? Well, he's got his own brand. He's he's pimping out there, don't you? Well, my own brand is not my own brand. I, I know, have to I know. be a, a partner, but. Uh, it's called Tequila Mandala, M-A-N-D-A-L-A. Uh, currently not in Ohio, because I don't know if you know anything about the liquor business, but basically you have to go state to state mm-hmm. uh, and apply for a license. So right now, just California, Arizona, and Nevada, and hopefully expanding east soon. What did we have that but, night, though? But the one we had, but the one we had uh, also excellent, uh, Clase Azul. Yeah, that's right. Uh, C-L-A-S-E, Azul, like blue in Spanish, A-Z-U-L. Fantastic. I'm just writing this down because I'm I'm going to a cabin with my wife this weekend, my wife, and I will be taking (laughs) some good tequila. So thank you. Thank you for making my life a little bit better this weekend. Um, I I do want to start with the Super Bowl thing. Was LeBron's trip to the Super Bowl this weekend criticized in L.A.? Uh, Not really. I mean, I think I heard some person on the radio. I, you know, I, I don't even remember who the hell it was, but it was someone saying something to the effect of, well, you know, I mean, his teammates didn't go, and they're all a bunch of new guys there, and he's going to the Super Bowl. There's always one. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, who cares? Like, he's, he's hurt anyway. He's not going to play. He may play tomorrow. There's a slight possibility. But I, I think that yes, you guys would know this as well as anyone, that it doesn't take LeBron long to figure out how to play with guys. So I, I'm, that's not my worry. My worry with him is this foot injury he's got, which seems to be – more serious than I think people anticipated. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, how 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 serious is this? I mean, he's, he obviously didn't play uh, on Monday. Um, how long do you think he's out for? 
Well, he's been in and out of the lineup a number of times because of it. And at the games I've been at, and I'll be doing sidelines for tomorrow's game if he is there. Um, well, I mean, regardless if he's there, I'll be on sidelines anyway. But my point is, in the games I've done recently, I've seen his guy, Mike Mancias, the trainer, working on that foot uh, in timeouts, uh, you know, before games, after games, uh, halftime, whatever. It's been a constant thing going back several weeks now. George, not to get too off the point here, but I've always been amazed at how long it seems to have taken Laker fans to embrace LeBron. Um, and, and I think some of that is you just have had so many great players out there. And some of it is LeBron comes with expectations. So after the title in the bubble and now you know claiming the scoring record, have Laker fans finally accepted LeBron as, as part of their great history? Um, yes, I would say, uh, some, most of them have, I would say some reluctantly. And to your point, I think that, look, it's different, right? Clearly with you guys, he's from the area, et cetera, et cetera. Even Miami, he goes there at a time when everybody hated him and they were the ones that tried to shield him from all of that to their, the best of their ability. He comes here and there's a long history of guys who have come here and won championships, plural. And I think that the fact he was a contemporary of Kobe Bryant's also probably doesn't help. And I think that the other part of the equation is when they won the championship, it was in the bubble. And I don't mean that to demean the championship. Don't get me wrong. I just say that nobody got a chance to really wrap their arms around that team here because there was no parade. There were no celebrations. We basically went from one season to the next very quickly. And L.A., much like any town, but specifically here, man, they love to enjoy those championships, whether it's the Lakers or the Dodgers or whoever, right? Even uh, some of the smaller teams, right? Like LAFC just had uh, a big thing here recently when they won the MLS Cup. And obviously when USC has won in the past or even UCLA basketball, everybody here likes to have a party, and they never got to do that. So it's funny because when he broke the scoring record – it was, to me at least, and this is just my interpretation of it, it was really like the first time that the Laker faithful got a chance to kind of wrap their arms around him in a way I hadn't seen previously because of all those instances that I mentioned just a second ago. I do want to ask you about some other NBA stuff there, George, and some of these big trades that have happened. Let's start with Kyrie Irving and his trade to the Mavericks. I'm curious if you think... And, and again, being a West Coast guy and being in the Western Conference with the Lakers covering those guys, uh, do you think the Mavericks have a chance? Sure. I, I think a lot of teams have a chance in the West right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unless Kevin Durant gets back completely healthy and then he's Kevin Durant right away, then that changes the math a little bit. But I, I think that there's still a lot of teams that will have a shot, and I think they're one of them. I think that the biggest issue with the Mavs is not offense to me. While I do think that it's going to take some time for him and Luca to figure some stuff out, and we saw that yesterday particularly as they were in that crazy comeback down 26 points, and they're basically playing hot potato at the end. Uh, to go back to LeBron a little bit, it kind of reminded me of when LeBron teamed up with D. Wade uh, those first, uh, you know, that first season in Miami. It, it felt like your turn, my turn. They're going to need to figure that out in a much faster fashion. But I think that because Kyrie has played with a guy who – in LeBron particularly, that I would say Luca plays a similar style, obviously not the athletic phenom LeBron is, but as far as 
how smart he is and how good he is with the ball um, and just how he outthinks the game uh, more so than anyone on the floor most nights. I think that Kyrie knows how to play with a player like that, so I think that it will get better faster than most people anticipate. But defensively is their big issue. And last year they were the seventh-best defense. This year they're in the bottom third. And a lot of that is because they've had injuries to guys that are key to them defensively. And I know people are going to look at me or, or look at their radio and say, "Are you, is this guy nuts? But a guy like Maxi Kleba, for example, is one of their best defenders. Uh, guys shoot 58% at the rim when he's defending them. And guys shoot like 28% from three when he's defending them. He's 6'10". He can kind of guard all over the place. Not like a shot blocker per se. He just plays really good defense. And they're missing a guy like that. And I covered them all the way through the conference finals last year because I was on ESPN radio doing that series. So I know how important he is because I've had those conversations with his teammates and his coaches. So I'm just curious to see if they can get enough defense because I don't think Maxi Kleba is enough even when he comes back potentially after the All-Star break. Can they get some other guys in the buyout market that can help them replace like a Dorian Finney-Smith or whatever? But I do think Kyrie and Luka eventually will figure out the offense. The defense to me is my biggest question with them. George Sedano of ESPN LA, ESPN TV on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. So – that brings us to the Cavaliers here. We obviously are in absolute lust with this team. They're in the, the uh, fourth spot with the East with a chance to get to third if they beat uh, the Sixers tomorrow night. What is your take on the Cavs ceiling this year? Um, I think they're a, a player short still. And I think that they can be a second-round team. Anything beyond that, to me, feels like gravy. And especially the way things went down at the end of the season last season I feel like that would be a really good step they don't need to make the finals or the conference finals for me to feel good about the direction they're heading in and I like the direction they're heading in I think they need to grow I think most teams go through several stages of heartbreak historically before they get to where they need to go right so I like where they're at I think if they could add a wing player they've tried a number of different guys particularly at the three spot, none of them seems to stick. And they're that player short. If they can find someone who can be just an above average wing player, I like their chances. But I still think that that in the end will be, will be something that could hold them back on playoff time. Plus experience matters in the postseason, And, you know, Donovan has experience. Um, the rest of those guys for the most part don't. So I think that also plays a factor. So if they lost in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised, depending on who the matchup is. If I'm them, I don't want to see – like, I would definitely want to see Brooklyn at this stage because who knows what they're going to be. Uh, you don't want to see Miami. And I think the Knicks are playing really well too, although I think Cleveland should be able to handle them. I think the team they want to avoid in that five spot is Miami just based on experience. You're talking about a team that's been to two conference finals in the last three years and was one shot away from a second NBA Finals. So even though they're not playing all that great, um, they did win up there not too long ago, and, and just the experience factor of those guys would not be a matchup I would want to see for them. George, if if the Cavs are to become a true title contender, not just Eastern Conference title contender, but a true, you know, can get to the finals and have a chance to win it with Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley, who has to be their best player for them to have a legitimate chance to, to be a championship team? Evan Mobley has to eventually be the best player on the team because I think that 
when I look at him, um, and I had this conversation with Jay Billis when he came out in the draft. I asked him, who does he resemble the most to you offensively at that age? And he said, Chris Bosh, a guy who I'm very familiar with. I covered a, a good portion of his career in Miami. And when I was there prior to ESPN and, you know, Chris learned to play defense much later in his career in Toronto. He would tell you, he didn't really know how to play defense at all. It wasn't until he connected with Eric Spolstra that he was able to do that. Evan is way ahead of that curve, as we know. So I, I look at him that he could potentially be a better version of what Chris Bosch was, which is already saying a lot. You're talking about a hall of fame type of player. So uh, I, I think he has to eventually be that guy. It's tough though, with big men, you know, it, it's, it's a perimeter oriented sport, but if you get the special ones, we've started to see that now as more teams are starting to elevate with big men. And I know most people don't think of Giannis as a big man. I think of him as kind of a hybrid wing slash big man, but look at Jokic, look at Embiid. Like these guys are dominating the league. If Evan Mobley can start to take that leap, um, I think that the Cavs could be a championship contender for sure. George, uh, give me your hottest take based on what you saw on Sunday in the Super Bowl. Um, oh, my hottest take. Uh, my hottest take is, I mean, I don't think this is super hot anymore because I feel like a lot of people have said this, but I've been kind of on this bandwagon for a while that I think Patrick Mahomes could be the greatest player we've ever seen at that position. I think that he's basically like Steve Young and Dan Marino had a baby. Uh, you know, remember that Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, four years ago or whatever, was openly talking about how he's still trying to learn to process how to read defenses. And he's now to the point where he's not just an improvisational quarterback. He was arguably, statistically, the best pocket passer in the NFL this season. And what he did this Sunday was like Michael Jordan flu game type stuff on that bad leg. <laughs> so, I think that we may get to a point if his next five years are as good as his first five years, where we're starting to talk about him kind of similarly the way we did with Jordan and Bill Russell, where Bill Russell has 11 championships and Jordan only had six, but we don't talk about Bill Russell as the greatest player of all time. So I think that he could be on that type of trajectory because he's got all the incredible uh, arm strength that Marino had, the quick release, throwing it at the different arm angles that Marino used to do, and then the accuracy and mobility of a Steve Young. It, to me, that, that's what I see in him. And I know those two guys only combined for one Super Bowl, but if you combine their talent, it's out of control and out of this world. And I think that's what we're seeing with Patrick Mahomes. So Mahomes has played five years. He's got two Super Bowls, all the MVPs and all this stuff, and we know the stats. If he never played another snap, does he go to Canton? Yes. I don't think there's any doubt because in his first five years, he's put up better numbers than anyone from a touchdown and yardage perspective. And he's got the two Super Bowls. If his career ended to today, uh, very similar to Gail Sayers, right? Who had a very small uh, or short career rather. I think that he's in the hall of fame. Yes. George, one more, bud. If, yeah. if you're a team trying to beat the Kansas city chiefs next year, uh, whether that's in the AFC or NFC, what do you need to beat Mahomes and Chiefs other than luck? Honestly, um, I thought Philadelphia had the recipe, and it, it just didn't come to fruition because defense and special teams the Chiefs to win the game. I thought the the way that the Philadelphia Eagles pass rush and their secondary played during the season, I'm like. 
if Patrick Mahomes is going to struggle, this is going to be the type of team that can do it. A team that can put up points, clearly, and match them point total for point total, but can put an enormous amount of pressure on them and also cover a wide receiving group that I didn't think was that good. Like, they're somewhat average and pedestrian, in my opinion. Now, I do think those guys will be better next year because I think Kadarius Toney is really young, and obviously Sky Moore is really young. I think those guys will develop into really good receivers. But, yeah, I, I think you've got to be able to pressure him in a way where um, – and cover that back four in a way that we haven't seen you know, a team do. And I think defense in sports right now, whether it's football or basketball – is so hard. I just had this conversation with Eric Spolstra a couple weeks ago when they came into town to play the Lakers because I was doing that game. And we were talking about just defense in sports, but it started as a basketball conversation about how the rules obviously have changed so much that it's hard. You know, everything goes in the favor of the offense. It, there's very little, if any, rule changes in any sports that favor the defense. And we just saw this in baseball, right, where Jason Stark just wrote a story in The Athletic that he says the first month here during spring training is going to be a bleep show, as he called it, because all these changes that have, have been instituted in, in baseball to, in essence, speed up the game or help offense. And it, it's just as hard as ever to cover guys in football because of how quickly these guys get it out. Uh, how bigger, stronger, and athletic guys have become across the board, but particularly along the offensive line. And that's the thing. You've got to be able to beat that offensive line enough to then give your secondary a chance, right? It's similar to basketball now. You've got to have three and D wings because you've got to be able to guard Steph and Dame and Clay and all these guys 30-something feet from the basket. So – it's just a really tough time if you're a defensive player or defensive coach in professional sports right now. It's wild. George, great stuff, man. And I, I do want you to know, I, I'm, I'm looking at some Classe Azul uh, Reposado I, that I will yeah. be getting for oh, yeah. the cabin because that looks delicious. Thank you. And the bottle is beautiful. Oh, the bottle well. itself is like, like, it, like an art these piece. A that... lot of these companies are putting a lot of money into the bottle. Mm -hmm. The bottle is also a, a, a nice conversation piece, too. Absolutely. Yeah. A excellent step, buddy. We appreciate you. George, you're the best, buddy. You got it, guys. Take care. Have a good show. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.